Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Hello and welcome back. Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. That rhymes. Wednesday, December 30th, nearly New Year's Eve. Normally a night to be excited about, but uh, unfortunately this year that is not the case. I just want to thank everybody for the kind words uh, via Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook. Yes, I do check my messenger like, you know, every three weeks. Uh, For the kind words, I hosted the Dan Patrick Show with Doug Gottlieb on Tuesday. Got heated at times, but uh, all in good fun. Doug and I are good buddies, and we just disagree on a lot of stuff. And you can have civil disagreement, not necessarily online, but on a radio show. Yes, you can. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for the kind words on that one. We have a great guest here on the podcast coming up, previewing the college football playoff games. And, you know, that's interesting, but I also think you'll really like the coaching situation. And, um, you know, a lot of Urban Meyer chatter out there, some Lincoln Riley, Matt Campbell, Pat Fitzgerald. Yes, we will also talk about Mr. Dabo Sweeney. All that, I think you'll love it. Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. I know him well. Good guy. Um, intelligent guy. Plugged in guy. You will like that a lot. But I thought I'd just quickly open. Um, first of all, let's update the best bet out there. 62 wins. 54 losses. Five ties. Thanks to the Bills closing out a teaser with the Monday Night Football win. 
Uh, I do want to. I do not want to discuss the Atlanta Hawks on Monday night. Okay, uh, but I will anyway. So the Hawks were favored by nine. They are leading by double digits, starting in about the second quarter, all up to third quarter, fourth quarter. They led by twenty points with nine minutes left. And the Detroit Pistons, a winless group of, I don't want to call them bums. They're professional athletes. But they're not good players. Uh, it's just a not a good team. They are probably going to be the worst record in the league. And Josh Jackson, the former Kansas star who flamed out quickly, bit of a train wreck. All of a sudden, he's rejuvenated. He had a bunch of threes. And the Pistons, who tr- trailed by 20 with like nine minutes left, storm back and lose by eight. And I lose the bet, Hawks bet. So best bet, 62, 54, and five. On tomorrow's podcast, I will have both college football bowl games picked. Uh, you can probably tell which way I'm going listening to Dan Wolken and I later. And I will do a couple Week 17 bets. I don't know how many yet because we're still waiting to see. The big news here on uh, Wednesday morning is no Ben Roethlisberger for Week 17 Steelers-Browns. Why is that significant? The Cleveland Browns need to win to get in the playoffs. If they lose, they need a lot of help, and it's probably not help they're going to get. They need, like, the Jaguars to beat the Colts and a bunch of other shenanigans. Bottom line is... Mason Rudolph will be your starting quarterback. We saw him last year, and that ain't pretty. But I I really think the big story here is who else does Pittsburgh sit? And we won't know that until later in the week. Um, I can't imagine T.J. Watt is going to play in a meaningless Week 17 game. I can't fathom Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Like, why would you risk a lot of these guys? Um, This feels like uh, Mike Tomlin giving his guys a break. Now, I do want to remind everybody— The last time the Steelers made the playoffs, Tomlin rested his guys in Week 17. What happened? They came out at home in a playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and lost 45-42. You can remember that game. Unbelievable. That was the year Jacksonville went to the AFC title game. It feels like yesterday, but uh, this was several years ago. But just listen, you run the risk of a a bye week right before the playoffs. Your guys aren't locked in. The opponent is... We'll see, but uh, Pittsburgh clearly going to rest some guys. I quickly want to chime in just briefly before we get to Dan Wolken on a couple notes from Tuesday night in the NBA. And, and I realize this. You guys love the NFL content. NBA, strangely, is hugely popular online. Not as popular in the podcast world, but I will note this. the uh, Either the first or second largest audience for any single podcast we have was a and like 60% NBA, 40% NFL. Maybe it was 65-35. We'll talk more about the numbers probably next year. Uh, ha, 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 next week. Um, but, you know, we are digging into them, and we're going to look for trends and, uh, you know, let let the data rule and um, not totally program the podcast based on the numbers after five months. But, you know, you see some things that hit. Uh, you see some things that miss. You try some guests. You see what works. You know, you, you tinker. That's that's largely life, uh, especially with a uh, new podcast here. So uh, very happy with how things are going. But a couple NBA notes briefly. So first of all, let's just get started here. People are going to make a big deal out of the Milwaukee Bucks going to Miami. And you can't catch the South Beach flu in a global pandemic, obviously. So the Bucks were locked in. And they beat the Heat by... 47 points. They were up, I believe, 19 to 2, and it was never close after that. Um, and people are going to try to make this a deal. Like, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks set an NBA record for three pointers made in the game. They made 29 threes. Folks, 
Don't read into this game at all. This means nothing. Uh, 48 hours ago, the Bucks were 1-2 and two after getting their teeth kicked in by the New York Knicks. Like, this is going to be a wacky season. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you win by 47 and Giannis had 9 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists? Like, what? This was a freaky game. They hit a bunch of threes. I'm still very, very wait and see with the Bucs. Uh, I've told you my thoughts on the Heat, guys. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not play. Um, remember, this is a guy, I, I don't want to go re- relitigate this, but I do believe the Heat are going to be in the market for James Harden. Let's wait and see. Um, so that was one result that that was eye-popping. Uh, also, I'm just going to preface this by saying, stop with the Steph Curry slander. It, it, you're going to embarrass yourselves, guys, okay? He's playing with a bunch of G-leaguers, a 19-year-old who's ridiculously talented, but also 19, okay? And a couple guys who are getting used to their new surroundings in, um, what's his name? Kelly Oubre, who couldn't can't make a shot, finally hit a three on Tuesday night. And Andrew Wiggins, who, yes, was there last year. But, again, this is like a totally new team, Go ahead, fire off all your silly Steph Curry nonsense because as soon as they get hot, and they will, granted everybody stays healthy and Draymond returns, and I'm just going to stitch a clown suit on all of you guys who are going after Curry. It, you just It's dumb stuff. But at any rate, that's enough on the NBA. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. Big blowout college football playoff preview. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? 
Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, the college football playoff is this weekend. Very excited for it. Been kind of a disjointed college football season. But to celebrate the playoff, although I don't know if the games are going to be good. We, we thought we'd bring in Dan Wolken, USA Today. I've known him for a while. He covers the sport as well as anybody. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jason. What's up with you? Yeah, you know, just hanging in there, waiting for 2020 to end. Hopeful that we get some good bowl games here for the playoff. I don't know about the rest of the bowl games. I figure we'll just skip those, Dan, because <laughs> at the rate they're getting canceled, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't want to waste your time or mine. Yeah, I, I don't know how much the players care about them either. It's just one of those years that... And you can see it coming from a million miles away that nobody wanted to stay on campus for two more weeks to practice and do all the stuff that they were doing just to be able to play this year for games that that were not going to be that rewarding. You know, it's not a typical bowl experience for these players this year. It's just been a tough year. So I'm not sure how invested the players are in these games. But I think if you have a chance to win it all like these playoff teams do – then I think they're pretty locked in at this point. Yeah, let me start there. Uh, you, you, like you, you made it sound like something I've been arguing for a few years. Like the other bowl games just don't really matter. They, I mean, I, I know they're the toast of the town, and, and you know they celebrate the kids in El Paso and Jacksonville. But the reality is, those games don't matter. They're exhibition games. And do you think the COVID situation will be an accelerant toward an eight-team playoff? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question, and I don't know that I have a real firm answer. You know, this is a sport that people are very stuck in their ways. Uh, the old guard, very emotionally tied into the bowl system, and you know they they kind of have this outdated view of of what it is. And I do think that that this year has opened a lot of people's eyes to different things, not just on the bowls, but just different ways of, of doing things, uh, scheduling and traveling and 
all kinds of things that that people maybe just didn't think about that they've had to take a fresh look at and maybe there's a better way to do it. Look, I, I think ultimately there's a lot of reasons for people to like the bowl system. And if nothing else, for for programs who get into some of these minor bowls, they get the extra practices, which in a normal year, that's a good thing. It's a nice trip. You know, usually they take good care of the players. Sometimes you get a good destination. You get to go spend a week on a beach somewhere. It's good team bonding, like all that kind of stuff. Like there's real value in that. But this year there's been no value in it at all. You know, it's like a regular road game. They're going in and in and out in two days. Like it's not, you know, go to uh, Lowry's prime rib and do the beef bowl this year. Like that's just not part of the deal. Is that a real bowl? Is that a thing? No, that's that's the Rose Bowl. The tradition oh, uh, of, the, of the Rose Bowl is now I'm embarrassed. I'm not they take that. both teams to to you know Lowry's prime rib, and it's like a competition between the teams of who can eat the most prime rib, you know, and and like it's hokey and and silly or whatever, but it's like the players have fun doing it, you know. It's like it's it's a cool thing, and it's it's one of the perks of getting involved in these games, but. Like this year, just none of that's happening. Yeah. I'm sure my LA friends will laugh at me for not knowing that tradition of the Rose Bowl. Um, all right, let's get to the actual games, Dan, before we get to some coaching stuff that uh, that we'll definitely look into. Um, I don't know. Do you have a preference, Notre Dame, Alabama, or Ohio State, Clemson? Like huge spreads on both games. Um, I don't think anybody's giving Notre Dame any shot against Alabama. And people want to make a case for Ohio State, but do you have a game that you? Which one do you think is going to be close? I, I don't think either of them are going to be particularly close. Now, I think the popular narrative has been that if there is a close game, it would be Clemson Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I actually sort of go the other way, and I think that if there is a close game, that that it might be Notre Dame Alabama. Not because I think that that uh, you know that that. Notre Dame's going to win or has a legitimate shot of winning, but you know, the Alabama defense is, is fairly, can be fairly suspect. They can give up a lot of points. We, we saw that just a couple of weeks ago against Florida. Florida was ma- matching them score for score. And I'm not saying that Notre Dame is capable of doing that, but they do have some, some interesting components. I, I think Notre Dame, their defensive line is legitimate. You know, they're very good and physical up front and, yeah, maybe there's a scenario where they shut down Alabama's running game a little bit. They can get after Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not like Trevor Lawrence in terms of mobility. He's not going to be running, and that's what really killed Notre Dame in that ACC championship game. I thought more than anything was was Trevor Lawrence's ability to take off and run. So yeah, maybe Notre Dame can get a few stops, and with that defensive line making a couple big plays – and that that allows them to stay within a you know a score or two for for most of that game, I, but yeah, it's it's the favorites are, are strong for a reason I yeah. think, and and I, I I'd be surprised if if either game was was relatively close. I don't. It almost sounds Dan like you're in that spot where you're trying to talk yourself into. Well, maybe I could date this girl. She doesn't, <laughs> she's not awful. And like, she's good at dancing and like, she's kind of fun to hang out with. Like, maybe you want to talk yourself into Notre Dame here. But I mean, I, we've seen this show before. Now, usually Notre Dame's opponent for the for the playoff game will have had like a month to prepare. So possibly could that play a part in it? What about the Notre Dame defensive coordinator leaving for the Vanderbilt job? I don't, you've got to assume that hurts even more, right? 
Well, certainly, you know, that's a distraction for his preparation. Uh, I'm not trying to take shots at Clark Lee. I mean, he has an opportunity to go coach Vanderbilt and, and you got to go take that and the responsibilities of being a new head coach are there. And we've seen people have to juggle two jobs at once in, in the playoff before. It's not something that's, that's brand new. Yeah. Uh, and that can be challenging for sure. But, you know, I think um, in some ways that that could play to Notre Dame's benefit because you, you look historically Alabama with a month to prepare is almost impossible yeah. to beat, you know, and uh, Nick Saban's as good as anybody at, at, at using that time. And, so Alabama's really not going to have a ton of time to put in new stuff or, or, or prepare more than they would for a normal game. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I don't want to like talk myself into anything or pretend that that the reality of, of the matchup doesn't exist. But I'm just saying, like, I think Ohio State – just the way their season has gone, I've seen nothing to indicate that they could actually give Clemson a game. Now, now look, they, they may just based on their sheer talent decide or figure out that January 1st is the day it all clicks in for them. But that's exactly what it would have to be. Like they, they have not played at a level this year at any point where they would be able to compete with Clemson. It just has not happened. And it's not entirely their fault. Like they've had to play, one game, take two weeks off. Two games, take three weeks off. Like, it's been no rhythm, no momentum at all. And I think that's why their offense has looked the way it's looked. But it's also what they're dealing with now. Like, they played the one game after three weeks off in the Big Ten Championship, and now they've got another couple weeks. I just don't see how they're going to have the the feel, the momentum, the continuity that they need to, to be a challenge for this Clemson team. Yeah, I, I just want to quickly go back one final thought on Alabama, Ohio State. So the only two bowl game or playoff games that Saban has lost, I believe, were to that Ohio State team with Zeke Elliott, right? Yep. Um, and they had like two or three NFL wide receivers, future NFL receivers on that team. Uh, I think Michael Thomas was one of them. And the other was to Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah, in the championship yeah. game. So I, I look at Notre Dame's offense, I'm like, how many NFL guys do you see on that offense, Dan? Like. I, yeah. Yeah. And actually it's three, by the way, Alabama lost to Clemson twice. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. To Clemson. So uh, just to, for clarity's sake. Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't think that, that this Notre Dame team uh, is like filled with pros at their skill positions. Uh, I think they have a couple guys in their offensive line, you know, who should play in the NFL. Right. But um, yeah, look, matchup wise, like, Alabama's got much more skill than Notre Dame. There's, it's not even a question. I, I just think that if you look at this Alabama team, they they have given up points. They've given up points to Ole Miss. They gave up points to Florida. Um, it's just a matter of whether you can keep pace. And, and that's where, to me, it's going to be on Ian Book to convert a lot of third downs. They're going to have to eat some clock. You know, They're going to have to go on a couple long drives yeah. and, and, and cash them in. And and try to keep the ball out of out of that Mac Jones offense hands for as much of the game as they can, and it's not going to be easy. Like Ian Book's going to have to play the game of his life and, and make some really key throws. Um, just to back up a little bit of what you said, it looks like some money has come in a little bit on Notre Dame. 
Uh, it was 20. It's down to 19 and a half at a couple places, 19 at one spot. So I guess a little early Notre Dame money has shown, but not a, it's not a significant number. Let's go to Ohio State Clemson. So I actually think, I, I think I'm with you. Like this feels like a Clemson <laughs> blowout. And I don't know, Dan, I, I look at what Ohio State's done this year and I, I got to start with Justin Fields. Like looked awesome at the start of the season and then COVID kind of made it uh, like a disjointed schedule. And they've played twice since Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's it. And, and it was like game, cancellation, game, cancel, you know. I, and Fields has just not looked good since then. Um, I don't know. Do you think his NFL stock has dropped at all? Well, that's a topic of conversation that's out there. I'm not a NFL scout, you know, and that's not really the world I, I, I operate in a ton. I, I think it would be silly to – judge somebody too harshly based on this season. I mean, this season's just been a mess and, you know, and I do think that's got something to do with it Um, because what we saw last year and it's remarkable, you know, he and Trevor Lawrence have been linked for many years. They were both high school quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. Uh, And then, you know, obviously they played in the playoff last year, but between that time, the gap has, has narrowed, had narrowed. You know, Lawrence started out way ahead coming into Clemson that mm-hmm. first year, winning a national championship while Justin Fields sat on the bench at Georgia and eventually transferred. And, you know, ever since then, the gap got smaller and smaller. And, and there was at least a debate about maybe who was who was going to be a better pro. Uh, now there's there's no debate. The gap seems to be back to to where it was. But Fields still has a ton of talent. I, I just think maybe people might overanalyze what went wrong this year. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the Northwestern game, he was down a bunch of uh, players. Olave wasn't there, but I, I, I got to ask about some of these Dabo comments. I don't, I, I don't, I, I think you and him have a decent relationship. I know I've said a lot. I, I've been very pro Dabo and then he's opened his mouth and said some questionable things in the last maybe 18 months. Um, and I'm kind of off that train, but He's really, really going after Ohio State here. And it's all, I don't know. Do you think he's just trying to stir up a hornet's nest to generate interest in the game? Because this seems <laughs> excessive. I mean, Dan, what's he doing? No, and in fact, I, I'm writing about this at USA Today and just sort of the weird year that Dabo's had. Look, I think the one thing about Dabo, for better or worse, is whatever he says is coming from a place of authenticity, <laughs> you know, and, and, he just believes that based on what they went through and what other teams went through, that, that Ohio state's kind of getting a free pass here. And trust me, he's not the only one in the college football world who, who believes that is the case. Um, there's a lot of people who are angry about Ohio state getting in this playoff. Right. But Dan, but you, he's playing them and saying it like right. it's one thing. If you write it or I say it, or, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh goes in the studio and says it, it's another that he's saying this ahead of the game. Well, he also knows he's got the better team, you know, and it may blow up in his face. I mean, we'll see. Um, I am never one to put too much stock in the whole motivation and bulletin board material. Like when you get into a national semifinal, I just like if you need that stuff to pump you up to play a Clemson team that that frankly, if you're Ohio State, like they believe and they're not wrong. They believe they should have beaten Clemson last year in the playoff. They let that game get away from them. They, they were the better team in that game, and, and they gave it away. So that's what Ohio State, to me, has been focused on all year long, 
if you need Dabo Sweeney voting you 11th to get pumped up for this, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just, it's fu- it's a fun topic for, for us to talk about yeah. and it's interesting, but I, I, I just don't think it has any effect on Ohio State. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but didn't Ohio State lose like four guys to the top, I don't know, 50 in the NFL draft? I don't think Clemson lost nearly as many. Well, look, um, I think that whenever you're at a Ohio State, an Alabama, a Clemson, okay. like you're you're, you're going to roll guys through every single year, you know, and they're they're going to. Um, but look at the recruiting rankings, right? Like yeah. they're they are stacked. All those programs are just absolutely stacked. They are um, set up well for the future. Uh, clearly, you know, Clemson lost guys too. Like they didn't bring their whole team back. They're they're a very different defense. Than, than they were last year. So uh, that's what's amazing about this whole run. I mean, this seven-year of the college football playoff, you've had 11 different programs that have made it uh, in, into the 28 spots. Like, that's crazy. I thought we would have – I thought we would have had way more different programs participating at this point. And yet, you know, no matter who Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, even Notre Dame, I mean, it's a different team than two years ago. Like – you've been Oklahoma, like those programs have, have found a way to do it every single year. It's weird. We don't see that in any other sport, really. I mean, I mean, yeah. I guess you could argue maybe major league baseball really, really wants the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Uh, but the NBA, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, college basketball. Eh, I don't think they really set it up to give Duke or North Carolina an easy road. By the way, those programs have fallen down hard, like college football for whatever reason. And you said it at the outset, Dan, it, it really is an old boys club. They just want the cream of the crop, the big programs uh, every year. I, on some level, is that frustrating to you? Well, it's not frustrating necessarily. I mean, college basketball used to be more like that than it yeah. is now. You know, it's 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 become much more wide open uh, these days for a lot of different reasons. It's just the nature of the sport. I, look, there's a way to, to do this. Um, nobody likes my solution to, to it, but – if you were to cut down the number of scholarships, like you would have more parity, um, hmm. you know, and, but nobody wants to do that. Well, right? the only problem with that is, you know, it, it hurts the players. Uh, right. Yeah. Although look, you could reallocate those scholarships to other sports, you know, within athletic departments, uh, you, you know, you're still giving out the same number of educational opportunities and all that kind of thing. Players would trickle down to FCS, like, I don't think it's necessarily like some calamity, but if the goal is competitive equity, you do that, you set a limit on like certain budgets and number of recruiting staffers and things like that. Um, there's ways to engineer it, but the reality is right now, you know, Alabama, the amount they put into their recruiting infrastructure and, and Clemson and some of these programs, like yeah. they don't miss a whole lot. Yeah. Like that's the thing is they, they get these guys and they don't miss. And so it's, there's, there's not really been any sort of window for them to dip. Yeah. I mean, I guess my only put, I mean, I'm, I get the level playing field idea, but my only pushback would be like, you know, they generate the revenue, let them have all the scholarships. Like I, I get it. The revenue generating sports are falling out, which stinks. Um, but it's kind of like you, it becomes like a capitalism debate, you know, like, well, should the football players who are putting their life, uh, not life, but you know, you know what I'm saying? putting their their bodies on the line 
to fund, you know, uh, other teams that don't generate any revenue. And, like, then it becomes, like, a non-sports thing. It becomes, like, a business thing. Well, I think that this pandemic year has certainly exposed that a different economic model is is needed um, for college sports in general. Because, look, um, you can look at what happened with the NFL and the NBA and baseball and say, look, there's a shared financial incentive for the players and for the owners and the leagues to, to make this work. And not everyone has to participate, but uh, you can take on a certain amount of risk because you know that, that you're in business together, but there's none of that, that same sort of cooperative spirit at the college level. It's, you go do this and play and get COVID and continue to show up so that the coaches and administrators can make the money and that we can give scholarships to the women's volleyball team. Like that's what it's come down to. And and I think that inequity has really been, um, you know, I think players have noticed, let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, no doubt, but again, I mean, ultimately isn't a better answer an eight or 16 team playoff. I mean, again, I know some people will pull up 16. Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be in there. Why the hell not? I mean, the NFL is expanding the playoffs. The NBA has over half the league in the postseason. Baseball, expanding the playoffs. College basketball's toying with the idea of 96 or, or whatever expansion numbers they're looking at. Like, more is better everywhere except college football playoff. I, I don't get that. Well, I, there's some reasons why in college football you would – not expanded dramatically. I do think that, you know, the season, the physical toll on these guys, uh, giving them another tough game, it's something to consider, you know, and especially if you're not paying them, right? Uh, But look, I I think that um, flexibility has become kind of the new Mm. modus operandi for college football. Like people realize that, you know, you, you, hey, we had games scheduled with three days notice this year. Right. And so you used to talk about expanding the playoff and you'd hear people say, well, okay, but you know, how are you going to get all this stuff done? And you know, you're going to have to do these games on campus and the logistics and how are you going to be able to fly a team into, uh, you know, Blacksburg, Virginia on three days notice and, you know, do all the hotels and all the accommodations and all that stuff. Well, I think we've kind of learned like we can do whatever we want to do if, if the will is there. So that's one thing that I think people maybe, you know, have realized is, is the logistics part just isn't, that's not a good argument. All right. Let's get to a couple coaches to close it out here. Um, the latest I've seen, and maybe you've got some other information. Jim Harbaugh was presented with a offer uh, at a reduced salary. And I mean, I've been looking far and wide, Dan, Seems like that's been sitting out there for about two weeks now. Um, I don't know what the holdup is. Um, do you have any insight, A, and B, what's your guess? Does Harbaugh stay? Does he move to the NFL? Any thoughts? Yeah, things at Michigan are usually pretty buttoned up, and you know Harbaugh doesn't, uh, Harbaugh doesn't share a lot, I think, even necessarily with people who are uh, in his circle. Um I don't know. You know, I think maybe there could certainly be a testing of the market in the NFL. Is, is there one for Jim Harbaugh? Um, 
at the same time, you know, I do think that that however they proceed, it's going to have to be delicate. You know, if, if they're giving him a contract extension, what is the what are the parameters of that? How long is it? How easy is it for the school to get out of if things continue to go badly? Um, all that's got to be considered. I think that that my initial guess, and and I think it's kind of what is trend we're trending toward now is like some sort of short to medium term contract that you know, that, that both sides could walk away from pretty easily if they had to. And cause I, I just don't think the school wanted to fire him. And I don't think Harbaugh really had a ton of interest from the NFL this year. Ooh, so, that's a spicy um, take. Uh, so you do, you don't think the NFL was that interested in Jim Harbaugh? Not really. Huh? Uh, not, not from what I've heard. Now, look, maybe there's a team out there. We're just getting started with the NFL coaching yes. carousel. You know, there's, I, I, for me, I, I can't find four really, really good names. And sadly, my Jets are no longer like an interesting team to, that somebody's going to want to coach. But after like Brian Dable and <laughs> Joe Brady, Robert Salah, who I don't I don't love a defensive coordinator. Like, are there are those guys really slam dunks over Jim Harbaugh? Oh, listen, there's no doubt that the, the pipeline in the NFL looks pretty, pretty dry in terms of uh, new coaching talent. So you either have to retread somebody or pluck from college because there's going to be, what, seven, maybe eight openings in the NFL. So you could see college coaches going to the NFL. I just don't know if it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. Like like there are people who have a more interesting approach to the game, I think, than than Harbaugh for, for 2020. You know, guys like, you know, guys like Matt Campbell, guys like Lincoln Riley. Okay, okay, hold on. Um, Let's pause at Matt Campbell, Iowa State guy. Um, had a lot of buzz last year. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at the Ohio- Iowa State pipeline. Are they loaded for next year? Is he likely to leave? Uh, well, I don't think he, like, I don't think Matt Campbell's likely to leave. I, I just, I just know that there's been NFL interest in him. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's intrigue there. Uh, you know, and he's, he's a, really good coach look at what they look at what they were this year like iowa state you know could have won a big 12 title so he's in the mix for he's going to be in the mix or on or at least i should say he's going to be on on the radar for for some of these and i think you know matt rule's been had a decent debut season i I would say he's been better than decent i mean i'm I'm super impressed by what so did yeah so like people are looking at at who's the next matt rule you know, and and who could make it in the NFL, and and I do think that that Campbell huh. that Campbell's a guy who fits in into that that mold maybe a little bit. So, like I I just think Harbaugh, you know, the the offense at Michigan's been a disaster yeah. for the last you know four years, and he's also a pain in the butt. You know, and and aren't all geniuses a pain in the butt, Dan? Okay, yes, but it, yeah, but if they're a genius, and Harbaugh hasn't looked like a genius the last few years. Okay. All right, fair so, enough. Uh, let me let's go to Lincoln Riley. Um, he just seems like the guy that's always going to be mentioned, offensive mastermind, and then he ends up staying, right? Yeah, I mean, unlikely to leave because he's got one of the best jobs in college football, right? And and he works for arguably the best athletic director in college football. Like, I wouldn't leave Oklahoma necessarily. Like, Oklahoma is a golden job. And you're also in a league where you're the best program, and you have a great chance every single year of making the playoff. Yeah, what is he but making? If like right, eight million dollars a year and living in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, he's making a ton of money. I don't, I don't remember if it's eight, but he's making a ton of money. Uh, but he could also make a ton of money in the NFL. And you know, sometimes there's, it's just, hey, I want the challenge, or 
this particular job's always been interesting. Um, I don't think he's likely to leave, but I know that, that he's, he's wanted, mm. uh, you know, uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Yes. You know, a guy who the NFL likes, uh, he's been multiple years. People have tried to talk to him. So yeah, I, I think you could see a college coach or two make the jump. Could, couldn't you argue though, that, you know, Lincoln Riley has an, has it easy at Oklahoma every year. He's getting some of the best talent in the Midwest. They're always going to be contending. Whereas Pat Fitzgerald, a little tougher to get guys in in Northwestern. You got to really work your butt off on the recruiting trail, and then you're the league you're in. You're never going to be favored. Uh, like sure. I, I, I would say, you know, Lincoln Riley's more likely to stay, but Fitzgerald, for whatever reason, doesn't seem inclined to jump. Well, for one thing, it's his alma mater, so that makes a difference. The second thing is he's done so well, and the expectations are not out of control. Like mm. Northwestern probably has the most sane football fan base in the country and for, for like, for like I a like good pro quote. for a good program. Uh, they, I think he went three and nine last year and like, he wasn't on the hot seat at all. So there's, there is some, um, you know, there's some value in that as, as a, as a college coach where you can have a bad season and, and like no, no one's going to come for your job. Uh, but he's also a Chicago guy and I, yeah. I think it loves Chicago. And so, you know, if the bears hired him, then I, I think, that's the one the one job Northwestern people have always said, hey, maybe he might leave for. All right, let's get to the man of the hour, um, Urban Meyer. He does work at Fox. I don't know him. I have no inside information on Urban Meyer. A uh, lot of chatter, Dan, that yeah. he could return, not necessarily to college, but maybe the NFL. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'll ask you, what are you hearing? What's the vibe around Urban Meyer? Um can we read anything into, ooh, Jacksonville's going to have an opening. Trevor Lawrence is going there. Urban Meyer has spent time in Florida, in Gainesville. Maybe you could argue he had some unfinished business given how it ended in Florida. Um, where are you on Urban Meyer? Yeah, certainly I think that that this time around he's doing due diligence on what it's like to be an NFL coach and what some of these jobs entail and, and what, what they might look like. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know that he's like 75% likely to take one of these jobs. Uh, I don't think it's that strong yet, but it's definitely something that is, is it's not just idle chatter. There's something going on there. Huh. Now, I don't know that I think it's a great idea for a variety of reasons. Like Urban, um, you know, for one thing, Urban's health is a real issue. Like that's one one reason why he might just choose not to do that. Uh, there's, he has a condition that seems to be triggered by high stress. And when he's not in coaching, he seems to be able to manage it and have it under control. And and we saw at the end at Ohio state, it was like, I mean, the guy looked like he was dying on the sidelines. And I, I don't say that lightly. I mean, he, there were scenes where like, you were wondering, like, is there something really wrong with him? Mm. Um, so he's got, he's got to weigh that and only he can, can, can do that. But at the same time, like he's never had to deal with losing never in college and in the NFL, you have to deal with losing. <laughs> Second of all, um, you know, urban's gift as a college coach, in my opinion, has always been about the, the, the culture, the mind games, motivation, finding ways to, you know, to dig into young people and, and to get them to buy into a, uh, 
a team, a, a culture, a family, and, and, and to get the best out of them. I think that's harder to do at the NFL level. You know, guys, at the NFL level, it's a job. You, you show up at the practice facility, you clock in, you do the work, you go home. It's a different vibe entirely. I don't know if, if sort of the mind games play as well with pros. You, you know, could, so I would argue Nick Saban found that out at, with the Miami Dolphins. Sure. Uh, and look, I think Saban, uh, you know, we'll never know. Would Saban have, have been good in time if he had not taken the Alabama job? What if they had gotten Drew Brees? Drew Brees like, there's all yeah. these what ifs, right, with, with Saban and, and could it have worked. Um, but it is hard. There's no doubt. It's, it's, you're, you're, you, rec- your recruiting skills are worthless for the most part. You know, it's not, it's not like at college. You don't, you're not at an Ohio State or a Florida where you have all these advantages over most of your competition. Everyone's ba- basically the same. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't, right, let me I don't toss love this the out. idea from a football standpoint. Let me toss this out to you. Urban Meyer, an Ohio guy, um, went to the University of Cincinnati. The Bengals have a bona fide quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think anyone believes Zach Taylor is the long-term answer there. Um, Urban Meyer gets to go home-ish to Cincinnati and coach Joe Burrow, who was once in his quarterback room at Ohio State, I believe. Um, do you think that makes any sense? <laughs> Look, I mean, you could find like all these things potentially could could make sense for, for like like Urban's a big name. Urban's Urban's a famous, successful Hall of Fame football coach, mm-hmm. and so any of these situations like. You could look at, at the attractiveness of that young core. You could look at uh, – uh, I mean, there was a time where people talked about him in Cleveland, right, um, a couple years ago uh, when they had all those picks and, hey, could Urban come in and do this and that? I, I think that's all – like you can rationalize all that stuff. But ultimately, Urban is about winning. And he, he would have to determine – and, you know, I, I don't know how closely he follows the NFL or watches the NFL – to, to know, but I think he would have to be in a situation where it's set up to win and, uh, or, or else I just don't think it would last that long. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll end with this on urban Meyer. So Dan, when he last coached in 2017, 2018 at Ohio state, obviously he was recruiting and a lot of the kids he was recruiting are now on their way to the NFL. And you could make the case that, you know what? He's scouted really well. This is a sharp recruiter from Florida and Ohio State. And, of course, the counter is, hey, man, he could get whoever he wants. You know, he walks in, it's a lock. But he knows these players well. Um, and bad franchises like the Bengals and Jaguars historically make awful picks. Um, Urban Meyer could have some influence with the front office. Trust me, I know this. Do you think that would play any part <laughs> at all into uh, – and, again, I, I know – anyways, go ahead. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having flashbacks to, like, Rick Pitino going to the Boston Celtics <laughs> and trying to get all the Kentucky guys. <laughs> like, it just sounds like an awful idea. Really? Well, I, I mean, when has that worked out? That somebody – somebody, Steve Spurrier, right, with the, with the Redskins. Steve Spurrier like, with Washington, true. When, when has that ever worked out where a college coach goes to a pro league and, like, gets a bunch of guys that they – they, they coached in college. like or, never- or recruited in college. Like Pete Carroll, for instance, in Seattle, was able to get a bunch of really awesome bargain basement draft picks, allegedly that he had recruited 
coming out of high school and knew them well. And the one that uh, everybody talks about is Earl Thomas. Um, if you remember, there was a safety at USC that he had named uh, Taylor Mays. And it was like, oh, Taylor Mays, oh, Pete Carroll's going to draft him. N- no thanks. I know Earl Thomas. I wanted him badly. We're going to get Earl Thomas. Uh, something like along those lines. And again, this is the NFL, uh, Dan. People are reaching in Cincinnati and Jacksonville. They're desperate. Yeah, but I just think that the evaluations are so different. I mean, when you watch somebody's high school film or whatever, you're like, you, you get to know them when they're 17. Maybe there's something to gain, to glean from that. By the time they get to the NFL, they're 21 years old. Um, but, I mean, they've just gone through so much development and their yeah. growth, and they're just different people. Like, I, 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 Let me put it this way. If I were a, a fan or a team owner or a team president, like I would not want my coach – making personnel judgments based on knowing somebody when they were 17. Well, yeah, I, I would obvi- not. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's not obviously the only reason they would make the decision, but that I think that factors in a, uh, in some way. Is it 5%? Is it 9%? I don't know, but I think it's better than, you know, a, a retread NFL coach who has never met the kid, never done any research on him, has no history with him. You don't think there's any edge at all there? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I just talked myself into it. I, I, I guess know. I'm just desperate as a long-suffering Jets fan. We're not getting Urban Meyer. Jets fans know, but uh, all right, Dan. Well, hey, um, clearly, uh, would you? Is there a team that you would say Urban fits best with in the NFL? Um, well, if I'm Urban, I think like the the Jacksonville thing is intriguing because you're you're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and if he is a generational quarterback, and a lot of people think he is, well then you've, you've already accomplished, you know, what, 50 to 60% of, of like what you need to, to build a team that, that can be good for a long time. So, you know, if that's like, if that's the consensus and, and turns out to be right, that, that Trevor Lawrence is that guy, well then I think you'd probably want to be in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, All right, Dan, you have covered college football for the longest time. Um, You've seen good players. You've seen great players. I'm just curious, is Trevor Lawrence the best quarterback you've seen in college where you watch the quarterbacks Ooh. and say, man, this guy looks awesome. I know you're not a scout and you're not breaking down uh, hardcore X's and O's, but just to your untrained eye, although it's pretty much trained, you've covered college football forever. Um, is Lawrence the best? Man, I, I, it's interesting because like, I think back um, – and like you have to sort of separate talent from like achievement, like raw talent and skills. It's hard to to knock Lawrence. I mean, he's really got everything. You know that that you would need. Great runner, huge guy. You know, he's just got that statuesque build. Obviously, throws it just so naturally. Um, but like, and the, people will laugh. Like, I, I I sort of think like twenty years from now. When you tell somebody, man, like one like the greatest quarterback season I ever saw, like might have been Jameis Winston at Florida State. Yeah, like that was an unbelievable season mm. from from a player at that position, and uh, you know, yet he goes to the NFL and it doesn't doesn't translate. I mean, Joe Burrow, like what he did in that one year last year, yeah, ridiculous. You know, absolutely ridiculous. Probably the best season maybe maybe the best statistical season a quarterback's ever had so so Lawrence has like maybe shown more skills and more raw talent than anybody else but he's never done it 
so overwhelmingly over the course of a season. Like he's not had this the historic season as a college player. So, huh. so it's 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 a little hard for me to, you know. I mean, Lamar Jackson at Louisville. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Huh. He's you know, it's funny you mentioned the Heisman. Yeah, you mentioned Winston, and I I'll never forget. I somebody had put the like the twenty two starters for FSU up on I think the Winston team that won the title. And every single one of them made it into the NFL in some way, shape, or form, whether it was a practice squad, uh, getting snaps, start, or whatever. And it was like, that's one of the all-time great teams. <laughs> All oh, team. my God. I mean, they were so stacked. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, the talent they had, I mean, especially on defense, yeah. was was crazy. And, and, yeah, you look at some of the receivers that, uh, that Winston had to throw to. Obviously, Kelvin Benjamin caught the, the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game that year. And, and he looked like he was going to be a big time NFL player uh, for a while, but you know um, yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, the season Lamar Jackson beat out Deshaun Watson for the Heisman, you know, it's like that incredible one season sample. And then, and then you have like, and, and Trevor Lawrence is in a category with like Andrew Luck. Yeah. Like Andrew Luck had an unbelievable career. Didn't win a Heisman, you know? Um, so it's just, it's hard to judge. Yeah. All right, Dan, I've taken up enough of your time. Dan Wolken, USA Today. Follow him. Um, and uh, Dan, stay safe out there. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And uh, look forward to reading your stuff. All right. Thanks, Jason. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.